Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Online Podcast. This is our sermon series podcast, and I wanted to thank you for joining us today. As we get going, I wanted to say that whether you are tuning in today from the car, the gym, or even your work or home, we pray that today's message inspires you and that it gives you hope and builds your faith. So let's lean in, turn up the volume, and get excited as we get ready to learn today. Hey, Thrivers, it is so good to be back together again as imperfect people becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. We are concluding our series uh, called Switch today, and this series focused on uh, our addressing of mental health and how God wants to transform us by changing the way we think. My prayer for this series has been to help shine a light in dark places that we all uh, experience and to learn that even in the midst of mental illness or struggles that we have, that God can give us hope. It's important for me to say this, that when someone has a mental illness or struggles with mental health, uh, it's, not, it's not simple enough for us to say, it's not easy for us to say, just pray about it and God will fix it. It's not fair. It's problematic for followers of Jesus to say that because uh, uh, for two things. One, it's not empathetic or caring toward the person you're saying it to. And number two, it doesn't hold up against what scripture actually kind of shows us. I mean, just look at the life of the apostle Paul. He prayed three different times to have this thorn in his flesh removed from him and, and it never happened. And yet he said, what? But God's grace is sufficient for me, right? And so it's not uh, simple enough for us to just say, just pray about it and it'll all be better. Sometimes we might battle against something, we will pray, and God will completely 100% heal us. Other times we may pray as we're battling against something, and God will completely help us. That help might come in the form of counseling, it might come in the form of medication. What we know is this, that Jesus' disciples can count on his strength. We can count on his strength when we're going through our weakest moments. He can calm the storms that we're going through. His promises that he would never leave us or abandon us, that he would fight to help us overcome everything that we're challenged with. This series is not about finding a foolproof way to switch off mental illness. That's not what this is about. It's about pointing us in the right direction spiritually because when we're growing healthier spiritually, it can dramatically affect our growth physically and mentally. So my hope is that many of you have found this series helpful in seeing your mental illness or struggles through a different lens. And, and the truth is we all need Holy Spirit to show us what we need to see. We need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and soften our hearts so that we will understand what God wants to show us through his word. So let's take a moment right now and just invite Holy Spirit to speak to us today so that we can receive the hope that he has for us. Holy Spirit, we need you to be the voice that rings louder than any other noise in our lives. We need your truth to break through the lies that the enemy tries to put in us. We ask that you would speak to us with clarity and with power. We don't want to leave here the same as we came in. So right now we ask you to open our ears so we might hear, open our eyes so that we might see, soften our hearts to accept and obey the truth so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, last week I talked about this thing called anxiety. 
right? And, and this morning, what I want to do is talk about fear. Now, oftentimes fear and anxiety are like, they're kind of like the, uh, the twins of the mental health kind of, uh, kind of process, right? Like they're, they're kind of always paired together. When you talk about fear, you often talk about anxiety. When you talk about anxiety, you often talk about fear and they may look similar, but they're actually very different. Fear and anxiety are often linked together because they create the same physiological response when, uh, when we are faced with something that challenges us, right? And, and so what the difference is this, like the difference between fear and anxiety is simply this, that fear is based on real danger, real danger, right? It's based off of real danger, but anxiety is based off of perceived danger. Fear at its most basic is the emotion we feel when we experience a tangible threat stimulus, something real, like narrowly avoiding a car crash <laughs> or uh, being chased by a mountain lion or choking on a piece of candy at Santa's Christmas party that your aunt took you to and you having to get the Heimlich maneuver just so that you could breathe again. Like that is something that creates fear. Anxiety is the way that I feel now about eating any sort of caramel uh, candies uh, at Christmas because that's what I choked on. All right. Like that's an anxiety that, that sometimes I have. Now, when someone feels threatened, physically, emotionally, or socially, they will respond with a freeze, fight, or flight action. Now, these are normal, healthy responses. These are the, the actual responses that God gave us through chemical reactions to kind of help preserve us and keep us safe. And so we'll all experience things in our life that will trigger our threat response. And we will feel fear in that moment. However, Fear becomes unhealthy when it begins to control your thoughts, actions, and motivations. Living in a constant state of fear creates stress on the body, and that stress on the body begins to affect the way that you think, and it begins to affect the way that you act and how you process everyday kind of issues and struggles that you're going to face, and, and, it, and it creates a kind of a chaos inside of you. That ongoing, nagging, overwhelming, self-life-controlling fear is the fear that we're going to address today. And you need to understand that persistent fear is a toxin to our minds. The enemy, Satan, is working hard to spread in your heart and mind this sickness, this fear. His whole mission is to steal, kill, and destroy you. And fear is one of the main spiritual, psychological, and physical weapons that he uses to do that. The good news is this, that we have an antidote. We have the answer to fear that is crippling us and keeping us from the life that God really has for us. The antidote is fascinating. Antidotes are really fascinating things because what they do is they relieve or counteract or prevent the result of a toxin in our system. So when I talk about having an antidote to fear, that means that we have something, we have the ability to take something to bring into our lives, into our hearts and minds, something that will counteract or prevent the result of this toxin. And here's the truth. This is the big idea for today. You could write this down. You can make a note of it. You could put it in your mind, whatever you want to do. But the antidote to our persistent fear is trust in Jesus. The antidote to our persistent fear is trust in Jesus. Trust is a firm belief in the reality and the reliability of true uh, and truth and ability or strength of someone or something to do and to act consistently over time. 
It's this, re- it's this idea that, that someone is reliable, that they're truthful, that they have strength and the ability to help you, to protect you. As disciples of Jesus, we have chosen to put our trust in Jesus. And when we put our trust in Jesus, what we're saying is this, we have faith that he has the ability and the willingness to help find a solution for our troubles that we're facing. In other words, we truly honestly believe and we have a trust that Jesus will act on our behalf to help make things better. Now, better could look like a lot of different things, but Jesus is always working out for the good of those who love him. So for the next few moments, I want to read several different verses that will serve to remind us of why we can trust in Jesus. Now, remember, trust is built when we have a faith in someone that is truthful, reliable, and that they have a strength and ability to do what they promised. Okay? So we're going to ask four questions. If you want the antidote for unhealthy fear in your life, you have to begin to trust the one who is life. And we're going to ask four questions that you can ask yourself about Jesus that will begin to help build trust in him again. The first trust-building question that we can ask about Jesus is this. Is Jesus truthful? Is Jesus truthful? 1 Corinthians 1, 19 through 20 says this, For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. He always does what he says. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So what, do we, what can we learn from this, this passage? Jesus always does what he says that he is truthful in everything that he says. Everything he says he's going to do, he does. There's never a time when he'll not do what he said he would do because that would be a lie. And he cannot break his promises because it's not in his nature. He is not capable of lying, of not following through, of not being truthful. So when you trust in Jesus, you receive the truth and the truth helps you identify the lies of the enemy, right? The truth is like a, a shining light in the darkness that the enemy tries to put over us with this fear that we're experiencing. And part of building trust is saying, uh, saying the honest thing, even if it's hard to hear, right? Building trust isn't just always painting sunshine and rainbows to people and, and glossing over uh, things that might, may come along that may bring challenges to them. No, I love what we see in scripture. Jesus says this, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus is being honest. He's not sugarcoating what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to, to live in trust in him, that we will face trials. We will face things that will hinder us and hold us back, but we can take heart because he can overcome. He has already overcome the world. He didn't overpromise and underdeliver to us, did he? No, he gave us an honest understanding of what we we're going to face. So the answer to the first question, if we were to just take those two things, and there's so many other things in scripture that prove to this, this fact, but if we just take those two things, can Jesus be trusted? Yes, because Jesus is truthful, you can trust in him. Because Jesus is truthful, you can trust in him. The second trust building question you can ask is this, is Jesus reliable? Is Jesus reliable? 
Well, Joshua 1.9 is one of my favorite verses of all time. It was my kind of my, my life verse for a season in my life. And this is what it says. It says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you some of the places that you will go. <laughs> no, not some of the places. Wherever you go, God will be with you wherever you go. God will go with you even if you go astray. Psalm 25, eight through 10 says, the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. To those who are humble, he leads the humble in doing right, teaching him his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Unhealthy fear will try to convince you that you are alone in your struggle and that you can't rely on anyone. Trust says you can count on Jesus to be where you need him when you need him. He does not abandon you when you make mistakes or when things get difficult. He is the friend who sticks closer than the brother. So the answer to our second question is yes, Jesus is reliable so you can trust him. Jesus is truthful so you can trust him. Jesus is reliable so you can trust him. The third trust building question that you can ask yourself today is, is Jesus strong? Is he strong? Does he actually have the strength to help me overcome this fear, to, to, to be the antidote to the strength of this fear in my life? Jeremiah 32, 17 says, says this. It says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong and powerful arm. And then it says this. It's one of my favorites. Nothing is too hard for you. It reminds me of a song I sang when I was just a little kid. Our Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Oh Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Oh, nothing is too difficult for thee. Oh, great and mighty God, great in power and mighty is he. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is too difficult for thee. Right? There's nothing that's too hard for him. What's too hard for the Lord? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And, and what's better is that not only does God have strength enough for himself to do all the things that he needs to do to help us, but he has strength left over for you and I. He has strength left over for those who trust in him. The often quoted verse in Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says, have you not heard, have you not understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. God never grows tired. He never grows weary. Then in verse 29, it says, he gives power to the who? Weak. And strength to the what? Powerless. He gives of his abundance to us. Even youths will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who do what? Trust in the Lord will find new strength. When you trust in the Lord, you will find new strength. You will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. When unhealthy fear tries to bring you down, tries to wear you out, tries to get you to throw in the towel and give up, Jesus is there giving you strength to continue, giving you strength to get back up, giving you strength to try again. So the answer to our third trust-building question is yes, Jesus is strong, so you can trust in him. The fourth trust-building question you can ask is this, is Jesus able? 
Is he able? Does Jesus have the ability to do all that he came to do? Can he really help me in my circumstance? Is he actually, is he equipped to do what I need him to do for me? Well, let's look at some of the things he did. Jesus was able to heal the sick. Jesus was able to control nature by calming the storms and walking on water. Jesus was able to multiply fish and loaves and wine and create more of something. Jesus was able to cast out spirits from people. Jesus was able to raise the dead. Jesus was able to do all of those things. He was able to live a perfect life free from sin, becoming the pure sacrifice for our sins. When he died on the cross for us, when he was buried and raised again on the third day, Jesus was able. If all of that wasn't enough, Paul says in Ephesians 3, 20, this, Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. When unhealthy fear tries to convince you that escape is hopeless, that no one can rescue you or heal you. Remember that Jesus is able, more than able to help, to save you. So the answer to this fourth trust building question is yes, Jesus is able so you can trust him. You see, God wants to transform you by changing the way you think so that you can know his will, his good, pleasing and perfect will for your life. When toxic, unhealthy fear takes root in you and you can't find hope, know this, that Jesus is there. That Jesus is trustworthy. You can put your trust in him and never be put to shame. He has proven that he is truthful. He has proven that he's reliable. He's proven that he has all the strength that we need. He's proven that he is more than able to be the antidote to the fear that we often allow to control us to that toxin that weighs so heavy in our lives. You receive the antidote to unhealthy fear when you put your trust in Jesus. And some of us here need to look back and remember all the times Jesus proved his trustworthiness to us in our own lives. We need to take a moment and remember that in our darkest moments, Jesus always was there. That you are still here now because Jesus was with you. As the worship team comes to lead us in a song of reflection in just a moment, I want to encourage you to remember. Remember what Jesus has done. Remember how you have trusted him in the past and rely on that again. And maybe some of us, some of us here might need to repent as well because we've tried to put our trust in other things. We've tried to put our trust in in a better job. We've tried to put our trust in more money. We've tried to put our trust in, in our politics. We've tried to put our trust in all these different things, in a relationship, in a creative endeavor. We've tried to put all of our trust in that because hoping that maybe that will be the thing that kind of clears the fog of fear instead of putting our trust in Jesus. And those of us who are disciples need to understand that that coming back and repenting and saying, Jesus, I want to put my trust in you again. is something that needs to happen regularly. It's not a one-time confession because we get pulled off by the enemy's lies so easily. So maybe some of us need to remember and maybe some of us need to repent and put our trust in Jesus again. Others of us here, We've been on the fence when it comes to putting our trust in Jesus. Maybe we, 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 we respect Jesus as a, as a teacher. We respect Jesus as a good person, but we, we haven't quite gotten to the point where we've been able to put our trust in Jesus. But today, 
You're asking yourself these questions and you're realizing that Jesus is worthy of trust. That he's reliable, he's truthful, he's strong, and he's able. You've been living in unhealthy fear and it's controlled every decision and action that you've made and and you know there has to be a better way. Jesus wants you to know that he is the way. He is the truth that you're seeking and he is the life that you desire. If you wanted to know how you can exchange this old life without Jesus for a new one in Jesus, 1 John 4, 15 through 19 gives us a beautiful answer. This is what it says. In verse 15, it says, all who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. We've not fully put our trust in Jesus. We love each other because he first loved us. Friends, if you would say today that you are tired of living with an unhealthy fear and that you want to put your trust in Jesus, if you would say, I'm tired of this life of fear, this fog of fear that is just constantly surrounding me and I want to experience the life of love and forgiveness by putting my trust in the one who is worthy of trust because he is truthful, because he is reliable, because he is powerful, because he is able. Today, if you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose to become a disciple of him, choosing to let that love of God flow through you and let it flow out of you to others around you, if that's the life that you would want for yourself today, would you say this prayer after me? As I pray this, would you repeat this from right where you're at? Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I've tried to live my life my way. Today, I repent. I want to turn away from the kind of life that I've been living. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Take my dead life and replace it with your new life. I want you to lead me from this day forward. Change me from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus, for my new life. Amen. Let's take some time right now as the worship team plays one more song to really reflect and to consider what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. Do we need to remember, repent, maybe respond to what Jesus is saying to us today and put our trust in him again? Let's continue to worship. Hey, thanks again for joining us for Thrive Online this week. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online podcast.